lovely, lovely. That was advanced chancel choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding with soloist Emily, who is fabulous. Nobody, I didn't know Emily could sing by herself until about three months ago, so she's fabulous. Thank you. Our scriptures today do come from the book of Ruth. the third chapter, and then it jumps on to the fourth chapter. So, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, said to Ruth, my daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now, here is our kinsman, Boaz, with whose young women you have been working See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes and go to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. 
When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, all that you tell me I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. And then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. And he shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, for your granddaughter, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom, and she became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed, and he became the father of Jesse the father of David. And then the 12th chapter of Mark, we're still going through Mark here in this season for a few more weeks. We have this story. As Jesus taught, he said, beware the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to have the best seats in the synagogue and places of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses for the sake of appearance say long, and say long prayers. They will receive the, great condemnation, the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came, put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she has given out of her poverty and has been put in and has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are, I believe, two scriptures, two, scripture, two books in all of scripture named after women. One is Esther. And the other is Ruth. In the book of Esther, some people wanted to throw it out when they were making the canon of the Bible because they believed it didn't mention the name of God and so wasn't worthy to be put into the canon of Scripture. And the other one was Ruth, which really barely mentions the name of God. I mean, every once in a while, God shows up. So they thought these books were unworthy to be in the scripture, but you'll see if you read them carefully that there's plenty of godly stuff in them. 
The book of Ruth, the Jews will tell you, is perhaps best at conveying the concept of hesed. Hesed, H-E-S-E-D, hesed. Those H's are hard in Hebrew, so hesed, right? And hesed is the concept, if you ever read in the Psalms, of God's steadfast love, that's hesed. If you ever have not come across that concept in the Psalms, you're not reading it correctly because it's all over the Psalms. God is steadfast to us. God loves us. God's love is enduring to us. God's love will never end. God redeems us from the pit because of God's steadfast love. And here today we have Ruth. Ruth, who you remember from last week, left home with her mother-in-law to enter a land of which she was a resident alien, an illegal immigrant, if you will, where Ruth had grown up, but where where Naomi had grown up, but where Ruth had little prospect. And because Naomi was old, Ruth would go into the fields and glean what had been left in the corners for the poor. And while she was there, she found a group of women to work with while they were doing that. So she did find a little bit of a community to work with. But Naomi comes to realize that there's Boaz in this picture. And Boaz is their kinsman. Probably somebody's cousin is a kinsman. And Boaz, therefore, has an an obligation to take care of these two widowed women. He thought he was doing that by expanding the area in which she could glean to get food. But Naomi, Naomi's like a matchmaker. Naomi pushes this thing on a little bit further. And she says to Ruth, gussy yourself up, baby doll, because you're going out tonight. And remember, Boaz has already noticed Ruth. She's a cutie. And he's paid attention. And Ruth tells her to go to the threshing floor and uncover his feet. And we don't know what feet are because feet in Hebrew is a metaphor for all kinds of parts. Could mean feet. Could mean upper thighs. Could mean other parts of him. Uncover his feet and lay down and he will tell you what to do. And apparently he does because she emerges from that exciting adventure pregnant with Obed. Now what we miss in today's text is part of the fourth chapter of the book of Ruth where Boaz goes to the men 
of the town and negotiates for property that Emelec and Chilion and Malion, Malon all owned. These were, the remember, the spouses of these widowed women. And that's his job as a redeemer. He's supposed to go and claim their property so it stays in the family. I can understand this. The 15 acres my mom lives on is the last of my great-grandfather's 80. And she talks sometimes about, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when I'm not here anymore? Are you going to sell this property? Are you going to whatever? I can't bear the thought of selling that property and have it leave our family after four generations, you know? So that was kind of what was going on here. They had to, he had an obligation to keep the land in the family. And so he goes to the men and he negotiates for that. And he says, hooray, I've kept it in the family. So now their names, these men's names can carry on. And then he says, and by the way, I want to marry Ruth. <laughs> and they go, what? You want to what, what? Excuse me? Because none of them knew that was going to be part of the deal. And he says, but yeah, but sh- you know, I-, I think I should do that. It- that carries on the family name. And to us, this just sounds bizarre. Like, do any of you have brothers-in-law? Do you like them enough to marry them if your spouse passes on? Then actually, I'm looking at you. Ben has two brothers that I know of. I can't imagine you even having dinner with either one of them. I mean, they're nice men, but I can't imagine y'all together. Right? I mean, this is what we're talking about. Like, would you just, would you just, like, oh, hi, okay. I go with you now. It's a bizarre situation, but that is what the law of the day says is supposed to happen, and that's what they do. And I told you this whole thing was about hesed, so I'm going to get there. Because hesed is this love that never ends. And Boaz is the example of that. Boaz does all that is good and honorable and true and trustworthy and loving to make sure that these two widow women who were starving to death who were in a bad land, who were about to die, have everything that they need. Now that's a good story. And look where it ends up. Obed has Jesse, has David, David, a king who lived out that hesed to his people, did all he could to be faithful and loving and loyal and share Yahweh's ways with them. And still they fell away. And we go back to Matthew's genealogy where it runs us through All the folks, including Ruth and Naomi, who get to 
David. But then it goes on. All the way to Joseph, who begat Jesus. Who was the finest example of Yahweh's hesed, always steadfast and loving, always caring for us even when we didn't deserve it. See, here's the thing about Jesus that we forget. And I think I've told you this story, but if I have, forgive me, because I'm old and I'm tired and I forget things now. Um, When I was in college, I had a friend of mine who was arguing with me about theology, and she said, you know, really, just it really just comes down to this. I don't believe in the concept of sin. I'm not that bad. My life isn't that bad. You know, I live a pretty good life. I have mostly what I want. My relationships are pretty good. What do we need a concept of sin for? And I finally looked at her and I said, what do you need Jesus for then? And she said, in all truthfulness, I don't. I don't. My pastor last Sunday said, some people come to me and ask me, Pastor, do I really need Jesus to go to heaven? And he says... No, buddy, you need Jesus just to go to Walmart. Now, years later, my friend sent me a note, not years later, maybe a year later, sent me a note that said, I believe in all of it. I finally got it. I get what sin is about. I get what redemption is about. I get what Jesus is about. And there was much rejoicing in my household and in the household of heaven that day. But this is Hesed. We live as human creatures denying the will of God, turning from what God would have us do, sinning in our ways with nothing that we are able to do to save ourselves. And yet, Jesus showed us God's generous hesed. The steadfast love of God to bring us out of our pit of despair and through the cross and dying and atonement brought us salvation so that we might live with our penalties erased. With our past gone. We don't have to stay stuck in whatever past was holding on to us. Look, people go through bad things. We have tough finances. We have hard relationships in marriages. We have difficult relationships with our children and with our parents. We have, what do we have? Addictions, pain, sorrow, suffering. But Jesus 
shows us the generous has said of God. That's what Ruth is doing in the Bible. To give us a glimpse of that. To give us a glimpse of from death comes life through hesed, through God's generosity. And as Christians, we know that from, through Jesus comes life from death. And so today, dear friends, I urge you, choose life. Receive the generous hesed, the generous gift of God, and live in the fullness God intends for you. Through Jesus our Lord. Amen.